0: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is a CBC Podcast.
1: I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1. Today's episode, It's Time.
3: So, because I'm 28 years old, I'm going to be turning... 29 in uh, this year, and 30 in 2012, Mm -hmm. I figured I better make 2011 last for as long as humanly possible.
1: And how do you intend to do this?
3: Well, I read some research by a scientist named David Eagleman, who maintains that when you experience something new and unusual, your senses are heightened, and you record more information onto your brain. So... When you go back and replay that experience, it slows it down for you because your brain has to shuffle through so many more memories. And that explains why when you're a child, your adolescence seems to have lasted for so long. It's because every single activity that you participate in is new.
1: It's so true, yeah.
3: And so in an effort to really slow down my own perception of time, I've created a project and an experiment called The Time Hack. And what I'm doing for the project is I'm having a new and dynamic experience every day for 365 days. For instance, riding a mechanical bull, uh, attempting a head
1: spin, um, cooking dinner in in a fireplace in my apartment. And and a part of this is that you're documenting all these experiences at your website, thetimehack.com, right? Through blog posts and uh, video recordings. Yes,
3: exactly. So... What I should say, though, is on a technical level, how the project works is I take a timer, a small timer with me to each new experience, and I time that experience, but I don't look at how long the experience is lasting for, meaning I don't look at the actual time when when the experience is finished. Mm -hmm. And then I attempt to estimate how long I thought that experience lasted for. So for instance, on day one of the time hack, Mm -hmm. I fought a boxer. This is boxing. I've never fought a boxer ever in my life. I know nothing about boxing. I know nothing about fighting. Okay. Uh, at all. Well, set. Set. Let's go. So here I am for the first time fighting a professional boxer, right? And the events being timed. And we went, I think, something like five rounds, right? And after five rounds, I was exhausted. I was extremely bruised. Um, and I really had lost sight of how much time I thought passed. But. The whole idea of the project is I had to estimate how long I thought the boxing match lasted for. Mm-hmm. And then the time that it actually lasted for is posted under a secret link on the website also. That you do not so get to see. That I do not get to see. I because see. Because I don't want that to influence how I'll perceive future activities.
1: And now, and now how long did you actually think um, you, were, you were fighting for? I think that probably lasted about an hour. Okay. Can I ask you to cover your ears and maybe create some noise so that I could share with the listeners at home how long the experience actually lasted.
3: All right, all right, right. La, la la, 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 la. Okay. And the actual time recorded 43 minutes. Are you done? Yes,
1: I am done. I am done.
3: I was afraid I was about to come in on the tail end of that one.
1: So the idea is that you're constantly trying new things. Uh, but a part of that feels like you're also uh, doing uncomfortable things, like uh, like reciting the alphabet in public.
3: Yes, that's a very good example of an uncomfortable activity. <laughs>
1: I was uncomfortable watching it. <laughs> it was extremely on, on your website.
3: So I went to Union Square in New York City, and I I I stood up on a, a fountain, um, the edge of a fountain, in front of what I would guess would be. Uh, 100 or 200 people walking by and scurrying past if you've ever been in Union Square you know that's a a pretty big hub for pedestrians and I just started reciting or singing rather the alphabet in front of uh, all of these people just spontaneously and they all sort of stopped and looked at me and it was really bizarre and uh,
1: uncomfortable And, and do you recall how long you thought the event lasted?
3: Yeah, I think, I think it lasted around 48 seconds.
1: Okay, and I will ask you once again to uh, assume the dignified position. <laughs> okay, here I go. And it was actually only 24, <laughs> 24 seconds, huh? <laughs> okay. Are you done? Yep, safe. Okay, cool. When you are uh, involved in the experience, are you counting in your head, or would that be like cheating?
3: I, I wasn't at first, but as the project has sort of um, progressed... I've begun sort of making mental notes, and uh, so my brain will sort of like click on when when I believe I'm at minute one, and minute two, minute three, and so on and so forth. And and what what's what's been one of the more memorable things that you've done? Having 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 dinner with a homeless person was definitely one of my more uh, memorable experiences in the whole project. So huh. what I did is um, I I made up some bag lunches. Mm-hmm. And I, I walked downtown uh, to uh, DuPont Circle, which is a neighborhood in Washington, D.C., and uh, I found a man standing outside of McDonald's, and I asked him if he was hungry, and he said, yeah. Hey, what's up, my brother? I'm Raymond. Nice to meet you, Raymond. I'm homeless. He took, the, he took the bag lunch, and he went through his life while we were talking and explained to me where he's been and what sort of has brought him to those circumstances, and what was unexpected was that he told me he had been in jail for uh, for murder, and uh, mm. he explained how he shot a person with a handgun at point-blank range. You ever heard of that show, America's Most Wanted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on for 44 months. You were out on the lam for 44 months? Four years. That is a long time to be on the run. And I'm sort of there chowing down this sandwich I made in my nice, warm apartment, you know, it's freezing outside, and I'm standing next to this guy in this, like, really deserted street really late at night you know listening to him explain how to get away with murder
1: and, and how long did you did you think the whole thing lasted
3: um I think the experience probably lasted for about 19 minutes
1: okay and uh, I shall reveal the actual time oh, to our listeners
3: fingers and ears okay la, 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 it was actually la, 1706. La, 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 1706
1: that's pretty good. Okay. You done? Yep. Okay. So today is day 48 of the project. You've got uh, 317 days to go. And so far, what have you taken away from this? Have have there been any surprises? I think what surprised me the most about the experiment is
3: how I perceive time when I'm not engaging in something new. I, at first, found time to slip by extremely quickly. I mean, I would sit down to watch television and... uh, Within an instant, I mean, literally, it felt like I just blinked. One hour was up, mm-hmm. but that's changed recently. Mundane experiences or repetitive tasks feel like they're moving by extremely slowly now. You know, we've we've come to this point as a society where we can manipulate so much of what's around us. You know, we could change the temperature, we could change the picture on the wall with our uh, with our um, liquid crystal displays. You know. And yet we're still falling victim to this very basic thing that we all have to deal with, and that is time. So the idea is to just understand that you don't have to fall victim to time. Um, Everyone knows that you shouldn't sit around on the couch and just let life pass you by. Everybody knows that. I'm just trying to collect the data to prove it.
1: It was really great talking to you, Matt. Thanks so much for coming in.
3: No, thank you for having
1: me here. Just for the fun of it, how long do you think we were speaking for?
3: Um, I think we were speaking for
1: roughly 63 minutes. It's it's actually been eight and a half, but (laughs) I have that effect on people. Come in, Howard. Hey,
2: hey. What? How you doing? Am I bothering you? Well,
1: I, I'm just a little taken aback. You uh, never knock on the studio
2: I door. I saw you through the glass. You seemed like you were busy. I didn't want to bother you. I'll come back later.
1: I've never, I've never seen the side of you. No. You seem sort of blue. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit down. I, I was cleaning
2: up my apartment. That's that's pretty odd. I know. I actually wasn't cleaning up. I was looking for something. What were you looking for? pancake gets slipped between my, my papers and books How? you know it's so thin it's hard to find I don't I had it on my bookshelf and I guess it slipped through somehow I, have, I had why? to start taking everything off why would you have a pancake on your book I always leave food surprises for myself all over the house and all of a sudden well there's a little snack like sometimes I'll put like jelly beans in my shoes you know you put them on it's like well, well what's this and you find a little jelly bean uh-huh. I put a nice uh, you know like an all will be frank in the toilet paper roll, you put a new toilet paper roll on there. It's like, whoa, for the little hot dog. It's nice. Why
1: would you want a, a hot
2: dog in, in the toilet? Where am I, not in the toilet, in the toilet paper roll. In no, a fresh but, package of toilet paper. Yeah, but. I'm y- not disgusting. Right. Anyway, I was looking for the pancake, and I put my hand through, and it fell down back behind the bookshelf. And uh, as I was reaching down for it, I saw, I saw this letter. And I, I, I pull it out, and I see it's, it's this letter that my dad gave me. When he was sick and then... You'd read from... Yeah. Your dad died when... Well, he died, I guess... Well, I guess he died when he was about 19. So it's... it's. Uh... Well, he was really sick at the time and it's, it's sealed. It says on, on... Look at this. Look what it says here. Open when I am dead and gone. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. He's and... That very serious guy. It, you you ha- you've never opened it? No. You know, my dad was really hard. He was always so hard on me and stuff and uh, I guess I was always disappointing him. I just... At the time he was sick and I didn't feel like I could really even deal with whatever he had to say. but then before you know it time you know time just slips by and here I am, you know, and so I have this letter and I just I, did, I didn't really have the guts to open it by myself so I figured I'd just come on by. Do you, do you mind like keep me company as I open
1: this letter? Is that ridiculous or Yeah, 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 no, of course, Howard. I mean i I, I didn't I guess I didn't know your your dad very well. Um, he liked you, you know. He did. Yeah. It, you see, it didn't it didn't necessarily seem like he, it. He was
2: a he was a tough love kind of guy, you know. He he, you know, he didn't know joy and he didn't you know didn't express pain and if you you know if we were happy, what did to be happy about and and if you're if you're not feeling well, it's like what do you know from suffering? So it was just very hard. There was just no way to please him, and there was no in between, you know. So
1: you remember my dad? Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. He was a hard guy to get to know. He, was, quite, yeah, um, he you know. was he was usually at at work. He was he was always at the at the butcher shop most of the time when I was over. Yeah, I mean he was gone five in the morning. He was at the market. Yeah, you know, he was like he was like a butcher grocer, mm-hmm. and he was gone all
2: day and he'd come back at midnight. You know, we had a a, a cousin or someone who wanted to get into the business and he said, if
1: you want to eat your supper at midnight. Then this is the job mm. for you, you know. My 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 most uh, I have a couple of distinct memories of your dad. I remember being at your house when I was a teenager, and him forcing me to pull his hair. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, he
2: was very proud of that. Yeah, he really did have hair of iron. I'd pull as hard as I could, and he just laugh. You know, we used to make jokes that we were gonna tie his feet to the car, <laughs> you know, and then tie his head to a post, and we were like actually drive to see, you know. But yeah, it's incredible. Very 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 tough hair. Tough hair, tough guy. I mean, he had a hard life. You know, he lost most of his family. And, uh, I mean, he was born in a really small, you know, it was a dwarf. You know, never mind a shtetl. It was a dwarf.
1: And well, what is that?
2: I mean, a dwarf. A dwarf is like, you know, it's like a suburb of a shtetl. It's like a, a dwarf makes a shtetl look like Manhattan, you know. Uh-huh. And this was in Poland. And, you know, his family went through a lot. And, you know, most of them went to went to the camps. And he escaped through the underground. And, I mean, he was in Canada by the age of 12, he became a butcher. That was his trade. He never liked it also. He, he to, didn't? No, never liked being a butcher. Anymore. Really? Yeah. My dad couldn't even watch you know, medical shows on television. It just gave him like almost flashbacks to his job.
1: He had a sense of humor. He was funny. He, I, liked,
2: he had a cruel sense of humor. Well, I
1: remember one of his favorite jokes was putting his hand on the stomach of anyone who was fat and asking them how many months. Yeah, and no, he didn't make people
2: laugh. I mean, he made himself laugh. <laughs> he made people angry, you know. I don't even know if he thought this was a joke. I think he actually believed this, but I remember I was a little kid. I was in diapers still, Mm -hmm. and um, I was sitting in the backyard, and my dad was reading a newspaper. My dad was often just sitting there reading the paper when he wasn't working, especially on weekends or whatever. And I remember I I must have said something, I'm hungry, Daddy, I'm hungry. And he just looked at me, he put the paper down, and he said, he gestured towards the grass, and he says, eat the grass. And I said, People don't eat grass. We don't eat grass. He said, cows eat grass. Sure you can eat grass. Eat grass. So I, I started grazing. Then At some point, my mom came home, and she started screaming at my father, and they started having this huge argument. And meanwhile, you know, the man let, let me eat half of our backyard. I mean, the part of the story is, you know, that was kind of cruel, but the other thing I learned is that, yeah, you actually can eat grass. I'm Francesca Ramsey.
0: And I'm Delon
2: Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called
0: Let Me Fix It.
2: Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today.
0: Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes.
2: So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So here I got this letter, and I don't know what to do. Well,
1: I mean, you know what to do. You You gotta open it. Maybe maybe another time. You know,
2: want to get something to eat? Let's go you, to the what cafeteria. What are you talking about? You came over here. I know, but now I'm chickening out. Chicken. I'm in the mood for chicken. Howard. You want to go into the cafeteria and get some chicken on a bun?
1: Chicken on a bun. Okay, Howard. He's
2: changing poultry.
1: Open the letter when we're done. Come on. Obviously, you want. You know, you came here, and all right. Pull <sighs> it back. See, it stuck really well because of
2: aging, because he had a lot of saliva. Oh, boy. <clears throat> All righty. Dear Enoch. Enoch? That's my, my Hebrew name. Enoch. Oh, yeah. Dear Enoch, I passed this letter to you. Look how it's misspelled. All these crazy Y-O-O. He has a
1: nice penmanship, though.
2: Yeah. His spelling wasn't so good. Dear Enoch, I passed this letter to you. Because, as you know, I am not long for this world. The doctors say it may be a week, it may be a month. Only God knows. You are now 18 years old. When I was your age, I had already fought in the war, married your mother, opened my first butcher shop, and had your sister Ruche. You are 18 and you do nothing. You sit, you look at squirrels, you eat. How will you be self-sufficient when I'm gone? You don't go to school, you don't work, you talk about your crazy dreams, but you sound like a dummy.
1: Wasn't that like that, that? was sort of like your dad's nickname
2: for you, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of sweet. He
1: would always, call, yeah, it was like uh, a dummy. A,
2: a what are you doing, dummy? He once called me dummy, I think. Really? Oh, that's nice. See, I told you he liked you. Uh, uh, none of your dreams will come true. Believe me, I say this as a father. I am afraid. That in death you will shame me, yourself, your family, and most of all, yourself. I know that you have a head on your shoulders. Remember when you came to the butcher shop with me when you were seven and you cut meat good? You had talent. I told you you could have a career as a butcher. But you said you wanted to be a Kung Fu master and I said you were a dummy. What will be your future? I won't be around to know. This is what is hardest. I love you and I'm sorry I won't be there to help you. Please think about what I say. Your father who loves you. Nathan.
1: Hmm.
2: That's funny. I remember that uh I remember that day uh, when I was cutting meat. <clears throat> yeah, he was encouraging. It's it's That's so nice. He never really said anything like that before like that he actually
1: uh I mean, my dad never said he loved me, you know, and so uh, how hmm. do you so how do you feel reading this now?
2: Well thank well thanks for <clears throat> you know being with me here, you know, that was kinda difficult, you know. But uh I guess the thing that's the most uh difficult for me is, you know, that, you know, I wish he was around, you know, to see me today, to see that I that I did good, that I'm, you know, I'm I'm success, you know. I mean uh, I don't mean it in a bad way, but I mean I I guess I, you know, I proved him wrong. Huh. You know, I, I, I'm a happy person and you know, I've had many careers, and... That's true. You know, he was afraid that I wouldn't be self-sufficient, and, you know, he, you know, got cash in my pocket.
1: <laughs> yeah, usually my cash.
2: Yeah, I mean, had he known, you know, he would have been nicer to you. Maybe he would have called you, like, a stupid dummy. You know, he, when he was really, really in a good mood, he called me stupid dummy. Anyway, I'm gonna... I'm happy I opened it. I wish I'd opened it 20 years ago, but... Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean... You know, getting emotional always kind of makes me a bit hungry... You want to go get something to eat? Sure, how? Let's go to the cafeteria and get some chicken. You know, it'd be nice actually. Personally, what I, I wouldn't mind, you know, is uh, maybe we can make a little lachaim to my dad. Maybe we'll raise a glass to
1: to Nathan. You know, would you want to? D- that sounds like a really nice idea. How oh, right, sure? We'll have some chicken and a little schnapps, kind of thing. Absolutely. And... They they serve wine in the cafeteria, so we'll. Well, I was we'll thinking have some... more.
2: You, you was more of a vodka kind of guy, not. I mean, you must come on. Just. When you're flask there, we'll have like a shot of something Howard, hard. And, I
1: don't care. I don't care. You no, know, my dad really liked
2: Chinese food. Maybe after we that we can just go for some Chinese. After food. eating chicken. Just in the spirit of you know my dad's letter.
1: Okay, Howard. I think
2: I think it's a little. You know what I'd like if you took me to that nice Chinese place because they have egg rolls. He loved egg rolls, and he loved pineapple chicken. I knew what he loved. He loved when people treated him. You know, and I'm very much my father's son And he raised his yeah, son likewise. Clearly So maybe you'd get me a nice I'm not getting you a Chinese meal Yeah, we'll get meal. some, we'll get some Peking, Peking duck or something After you know, eating chicken The poor guy never had Peking duck And then in honor my dad Let's have some Peking duck Just to, okay. uh, to honor him All right, Howard, Something nice and expensive
1: you, see, you know what? Now you're pushing For my dad
2: farm. You don't want to disgrace my dad's memory No, I don't want to
1: disgrace his memory
2: You're a good buddy you're a just get some chicken you know?
0: Hello, Goldstein Talent Management Enterprises, manager to the stars.
1: You do not answer the telephone that way every single time someone calls.
0: How's my favorite client?
1: If I... I'm your only client. That's not true. Oh?
0: I just signed Buzz Goldstein. Ever heard of him? My father. Why, I guess he is your father. That's right. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I signed him to some speaking engagements where he talks about your bedwetting problems as a kid. I had... I had How no... you overcame it with prayer. He's going to be talking about raising Goldstein. Actually... That gives me another idea for an animated show for kids about Raisin Goldstein, where every other kid is a succulent grape, and you'd be little Raisin Goldstein, okay. a little shriveled-up nobody of, a, of uh, a raisin.
1: Okay, the and reason it, I'm calling is because of this watch that you sent me.
0: Oh, yes, you're welcome. You got my watch.
1: Gregor, this, this thing's a nightmare. It, you, you I have think a
0: it, simple thank you will do.
1: Oh, hi, do you hear that? That's your watch. And it makes different sounds like that practically every 20 seconds. It's
0: a caveman. It's a watch alarm. I pre-programmed it to remind you of how you can work to help yourself and help your career.
1: And what is this supposed to be a reminder for?
0: That's to update your Facebook status. You know, like, status update. I got some ice cream and now it melted and I'm sad. Five minutes later, status update. I'm still sad. Okay. Status update. I am a sad man with no ice I cream get,
1: I get the idea. Okay, and what is this one supposed to be reminding me to do?
0: That's the alarm that reminds you to check for halitosis and underarm odors.
1: I have to do this at a prescribed time during the day.
0: Subtly. Not so people notice. Yeah, they're not going to notice.
1: They're going to hear turkey in the straw playing on a loop at top volume.
0: Yeah, it's how polite society functions. No, no it isn't. You know that. You don't know that. You know why? Because you don't understand the first thing about play society. You are like a cur that I found wild in the wilderness, and I'm training you to be a house dog. A house dog that has a very helpful watch strained to its paw that tells him what to do.
1: Oh, okay, here's another alarm. What, and what's, what's this?
0: Let's see, what, 11.35? That would be... It
1: sounds like my car's being stolen.
0: That's the one that reminds you how to tie a Windsor knot. Remember you said to me, you can never remember how to tie a Windsor knot? So
1: every single day at 11.35 a.m. I have to endure this alarm to remember to...
0: Only until you learn to tie a Windsor knot. This is just like training a dog, Johnny.
1: Listen, Gregor, this thing kept me up all night last night.
0: Well, that's good. Quit trying to sleep so much. You're never going to get anything done if you lay in bed all day long.
1: And what is, th- what, what is this dignified sound?
0: That's just a fart sound effect. Farts are funny. Come on, Johnny. Don't be such a stick in the mud. hmm Look, the point is, life is short. Time slips away before we get to do the things we really wanted to do. We dream of this cruise to Africa, and then we're on our deathbed, and we say, geez, I never got to take that cruise I wanted. Soon you're going to be dead. Stone cold oh, dead. Thank you. In the ground rotting. Oh, that's nice. Worm food, my friend. You're, you're a real pick-me-up. What this watch is going to do for you it's going to make you aware of the passage of time in a way that you were never aware before. Every time you hear a chime, it's like the chime of the Buddha. It's bringing you right back to the present moment.
1: Th- does the present moment have to be so loud?
0: Do you, what do you think? If I, if I turn down the volume on every one of these alarms, you know what you would do?
1: Get some sleep?
0: You would sleep all night. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen in the morning? You're going to have terrible morning breath. Wait a second. I have an idea. Keep Johnny from sleeping so he never wakes up with morning breath. Where was I? If you paid attention to every one of the alarms that I worked out for you... In six months' time, you'd be 50 pounds lighter, and you'd be about two inches taller, okay. and you live in a much bigger house.
1: Okay, Gregor, I am putting this watch in the trash disposal. I don't Go want it, okay? Go it in okay? the trash
0: disposal. That's fine, but I don't give up on you so easy, Johnny. So if you don't want the watch, I have my plan B all in place.
1: What, what is that?
0: I'm downstairs ringing your buzzer. What are you doing? Sending you messages. We don't need the watch. This is going to work out much better. I'll do five buzzes like this. Squat thrust your buns. Oh, God. One long and three shorts like this. That means I want to come upstairs. I have to pee. One short buzz like this.
1: Get away from my door. That
0: either means it's push-ups time or maybe you're getting a delivery because someone showed up and they buzzed your door. Stop it. Hey, maybe it's a special guest, I'll get your dad, Buzz. I think he's got the perfect name to buzz your door.
1: On Wiretap today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, Gregor Ehrlich, and Matt Danzico, whose time hacking experiment can be followed at thetimehack.com. Wiretap is produced by Mirabert Wintonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein.
2: For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.